In these last days, the Bible predicts a turning away from biblical truth. In order to combat false teachings that are running rampant and a growing lack of biblical literacy, Behold Israel provides weekly public readings of Scripture to equip you with the pure Word of God, read in an international community with interaction and application. Each week we host different guests from all walks of life. Our original readings can be found on our Behold Israel community channel on YouTube or on our Facebook channel. These are audio versions created to make it convenient for your busy schedule. Now, on to our readings. Hi friends and shalom and welcome to the public reading of scripture again this week on Thursday evening, Friday morning or even afternoon uh, for some of our followers. We're really glad you're here this evening and my name's Jason Comins. I'm the administrative assistant for Behold Israel. Uh, Pastor Mike and Amir have made their way over to Hawaii where they're going to have four speaking engagements over the course of the next few days. So you can be praying for them. I'm filling in for Pastor Mike this evening. Uh, but joining me tonight are two special guests. Uh, first of all, we have the senior writer and editor for Behold Israel, Steve Yon. Steve, welcome. Thank you much. Great to be back again. Awesome. Good to see you. And uh, Steve, what exactly do you do for Behold Israel? Well, I am senior writer and editor, kind of like you said. So... But- <laughs> so I write and I edit, uh, but I'm, I'm the guy I, I, I write the books with uh, with Amir, um, and then uh, the newsletter that that uh, goes out. I I help with that. Uh, uh, any any publications that come out from uh, from uh, Behold Israel usually pass across my desk for uh, kind of that editor eye proofing that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, but that's yeah that's what I do here. Thank you very much. Well, I'm glad you are here. And also joining us this evening uh, is a good friend of mine and a special guest is Pastor Matt Moore coming in from Las Vegas, Nevada. Matt, welcome. Let me bring you on in. We get you here. Welcome. Hi, guys. Good to have you. And Matt, what exactly do you do? I did say you are Pastor Matt Moore, but... I, and I said you're from Las Vegas, but tell us a little bit about your church. Tell us how long you've been there. Tell us about your family. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to be with you guys tonight. Um, my name is Matt Moore. I'm a pastor, church planner in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, we've been here for about 10 years, uh, me and my wife and our four kids. And we just uh, have been, been at church planting, but we really have a, a value for reaching the city. It's got a reputation for sure. Um, but we are, are so in love with the people and, and in love with Jesus, being able to share the gospel with them. So we are are pursuing being a church for those people that don't necessarily have any interest in, in, in Jesus, but having an opportunity to share the gospel with them. So, yeah, East Valley Bible Church, we are are committed to to loving people, loving God and, and sharing the truth with them. And if you ever if you do visit their website, the first thing you're going to see is about the church is that it is a church for the unchurched. Uh, that is the demographic there. Not that you're not welcome if you are someone who's seeking for a new church. By all means, please visit their church. But their mission is to really 
look after those people that many overlook, to, to really pursue those people who want to find a reason to go to church, but really don't know where to start. That is the unchurched population, and that's what Matt's church seeks after. Um, again, they're in the southern part of Las Vegas. If you live in the area and you're looking for a solid Bible teaching church, we really encourage you to give it a visit. And that's East Valley Bible Church. Um, as we dive into the scriptures this evening, we will be reading again from the New King James Version. That's what we try to stick with uh, to be consistent. Um, we're going to be picking up where we left off in the Psalms. That's Psalms 91 and 92 this evening. Uh, and then we're going to be in the book of Galatians uh, since we concluded 2 Corinthians last week. Uh, we're going to be in Galatians chapters 1 and 2. But to begin with, uh, Matt, can you open our time in prayer? Uh, and then Steve is going to kick us off with Psalm 91. Yeah, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this evening in Las Vegas, at least. And, and thank you for this day that we got to see your mercy. We got to see your faithfulness. Um, and God, the fact that you remain the same, you remain unchanging is, is such an amazing truth that we can hold on to. And so as we come to your word, as we read your truth, we ask that it would renew our minds, it would refresh us, and that your pure word would really cleanse us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. And Steve, if you would uh, go ahead and kick us off with Psalm 91. All right. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So if before we read this psalm, you you had any, maybe, maybe you can reflect on those moments of trial and those moments of darkness that you've experienced. Maybe some are more, for some of our people in the community tonight, maybe they're more recent than other times. But if you ever have any question as to whether God is for you, God is near. I think the psalmist can put an end to all of that doubt. And this, this passage made, really made me think of Romans 8, like 38 and 39, uh, just reassurance of the character and faithfulness of God. But 
Steve, as you read through that, what was the main thing, the main, uh, I guess, the, the theme that has a thread throughout it? Well, I just, I, I love in the, in the first part, or at least for most of it, it's, it's that affirmation that, that uh, uh, God is going to watch over us. God is going to take care of those who are his own. And then in verse 14, God himself jumps in and affirms those words. Yeah. Uh, so we, we hear the voice of the psalmist for the first 13 verses, and then in comes God and says, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I love you. I see you. I'll watch over you. I will protect you. And uh, what an incredible uh, encouragement that is that, uh, yeah, we we see that God is there with us. But then God will always be there to tell us, yeah, you're right. You're right. I am there. I will take care of you. I will watch over you. Absolutely. And, and Matt, what is what did you find most relatable about this passage? I'm just kind of piggybacking on what Steve just said. Like, as you go back to verse four, I talked about him covering us with his feathers under his wings. You shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Man, that's that's an amazing promise that that as we go to him, man, there's comfort, there's stability, there's protection. Like you just keep going. It's a spider webs into to all these promises about who God is and his character towards us and it's just refreshing because you don't get that anywhere else. That's, that's unique to who God is. Yeah. God fights for you. And if you're here tonight and you're questioning that in your own spiritual journey, especially in your walk with Christ, just a reminder that God fights for you and he fought for you before you were even born. And I just think the psalmist really reassures us of that this evening as we read through And Matt, would you go ahead and pick up in Psalm 92? Yeah. Psalm 92, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute, on the harp, with harmonious sound, for you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. I will triumph in the work of your hands. O Lord, how great are your works! Your thoughts are very deep. A senseless man does not know, nor does a fool understand this. When the wicked spring up like grass, and when the workers of iniquity flourish, it is that they may be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my, but my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. My eye also has seen my desire on my enemies. My ears hear my desire on the wicked who rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall, they shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Hmm. Matt, what, what, is the primary, what is the primary reassurance you find from this psalm? I mean, I, I love the psalms just because it comes back to it kind of fights through all the emotion that we're going through in life and it kind of come back, comes back to some foundational truths. Uh, but I think that the verse two is one that I come back to often because of, of the consistency throughout 
the day that God shows towards us that his loving kindness is in the morning, his faithfulness is there every night. Yeah. Um, but at the, the end of it too, just that sense that God is upright. He is a rock. Um, again, I, I love the Psalms because I'm feeling all these things. I'm going through all these things, but at the end of the day, God remains faithful. God remains unchanging. And that's where I have to come back to you throughout my storms through my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I, Thank you. And I, as I look at verse five, uh, really five through seven, when he says, Oh Lord, how great are your works? Your thoughts are very deep. Hmm. A senseless man does not know, nor does a fool understand this. When the wicked spring up like grass and when all the workers of iniquity flourish, sound familiar. It is that they may be destroyed forever. And I love that. One of the cool things about inspired scripture is that they speak not necessarily understanding everything that they're saying or the the extent of everything they're saying, but the reality that, well, it seems like wicked pro I mean, when the psalmist wrote this thousands of years ago, the same reality as believers who have the Holy Spirit, who have discretion, we're experiencing the same thing. We see the contrast of good and evil, but we're reassured with the hope that while evil seems to have its temporary potent influence in the world, one day it's going to be destroyed forever. And it, it puts forth its efforts in vain because ultimately it's going to accomplish nothing for eternity. And, and all it will accomplish is being destroyed forever by the Lord. Steve, Steve, how would you summarize this? What, what did, what did, what did you see? One of the things I, I loved is uh, it says that at the beginning, it's a Psalm a song for the Sabbath day. And what is it that that uh, uh, the psalmist celebrates? Well, verse four, for you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. I will triumph in the works of your hands. So on that Sabbath day, you know, those who are reading this, they're not allowed to work. This is the day of rest. This is the day that they just sit back. And what are they celebrating? They're celebrating that, that even while, while they cannot work, God is at work. And we are celebrating the works that God has done in this world, the things he has done in our lives. I will celebrate you. That's why I can rest. That's why I can take this this yeah. time and not do anything because God, I know that you are the one who was at work accomplishing your will in my life. Hmm. Well, if you guys couldn't tell, and I'm not talking to you two, I'm talking to everyone else in the forum uh, which there are hundreds of you right now. If you couldn't tell, um, I'm very outmatched in wisdom from these, this current pastor and former pastor in this chat right now. <laughs> I love the insights you guys are bringing in. This is great. Uh, it is interesting how that really is the, the starting point of that psalm, though, is under the context of it being for the Sabbath, under a time of rest. I love it. And uh, we can go ahead and turn over to the New Testament. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 1. Galatians 1. And I am going to begin. Paul, an apostle, not for men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead 
and all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age. It's amazing how that relates to the psalm we just read. According to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel, to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly jealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter, and I remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning the things which I write to you, indeed, before God, I do not lie. Afterward, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they were hearing only, he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God in me. Steve, what sticks out to you? Well, first of all, I just love the writing. I, I love Paul as a writer. You know, as a writer myself, uh, I just he writes with such emotion and, and you can hear and hear um, just the frustration, the exasperation He's like, if, if, if anybody preaches a gospel other than the one that I preach, let him be accursed. Uh, and, and he's like, how can you believe, how can you have moved from this perfect, beautiful gospel of salvation by grace through faith and now you're bringing works back into it you're letting somebody else come along and convince you of this lie and he is just so frustrated and it comes across right here. and i again I, and and matt I'm, I'm sure that that uh, uh as a pastor you've been in that situation too at times with with uh, people in the congregation where it's like how are you not getting this it's just it's so the gospel is so simple. It's so pure. It's so perfect. And we just try to muddy it up with junk, with works, with this and that. We try to Pharisee it. We try to Sadducee it. We try to do everything else to, to make it more so that we can have our part in it. So we can say, you know, I, I, 
you know, it's, it's the Ephesians 2, 8, 9, so that I can boast a little bit about it, that I did something, rather than just say, this is just a free gift of God. It's just salvation by grace through mm-hmm. faith, because of what Jesus Christ did for me, not because of anything that I did myself. Yeah, and he absolutely, like, reiterated it. Speaking of Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, he then, he makes a similar, from a different angle, in this last chapter, when he talks about how this gospel didn't originate with man. Uh, I mean, think about how many men of world history started religions and they, they deceive so many, they gather such a large following and think about it. Oftentimes their revelation does not originate even with God himself. Whereas this came from God himself in the person of Jesus Christ to Paul. He literally is like, I have, I have not an ounce of, I have zero credit in anything that I communicated to you because it was completely revealed uh, from God himself. Uh, And that's, and that's a reiteration of what he reinforces in, in Ephesians two and elsewhere. Um, It's just the same message. Uh, But yeah, definitely the emotion behind it here too. I can just sense something that's so pure. And even if you're not a pastor and you're, but you're part of this community and you're here tonight, I'm sure you've experienced this with people too, that in your own life that you've shared the gospel with just the, as a believer, it's so discouraging to watch how confused people get about how simple it really is. Could it really be that simple? Well, that's how good God is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's, uh, that's where the discouragement kicks in is when you see people try to pervert it, even in the slightest ways. Um, Matt, what stuck out to you? I'll just, I guess I'll add to what you guys are saying that I feel like I'm, I'm encountering a lot more people that are not uh, necessarily trying to, to change the gospel in obvious ways, but they're almost trying to subvert it in really minor ways. And uh, one of the things that I'm seeing a lot is, is it seems like they're just watering down the need and the person of Christ. Um, they're okay with the Christianity. They're okay with church. They're okay with God. Uh, but you look at that that first two paragraphs, and and you see that the emphasis there is that God through Christ. And as soon as you take Christ kind of out of it or Jesus out of it, um, it, it no longer becomes the gospel. And and it's just a sad thing. I think that that's where where Paul is coming at. Is is there's some sadness? There's probably some anger and frustration. But at the heart of it, I think there's just this love for these people. Um, and he's experienced Christ, and so he wants that to be truly experienced in these people too. And and it's it's so hard. It's so frustrating when when Christ is either taken out, put to the side, put underneath something. When Christ doesn't have his position. It's so it's so hard. It's so sad to to get to that person and, and try to reach that person, um, because without Christ, there's nothing. Yeah. Well, Steve, uh, please go ahead and conclude the evening with Galatians two. Okay, and in, in Galatians two, it's just carrying on this the story of Paul's preparation period. You know, when Paul was was saved on that on that road he didn't just jump right into ministry um he uh, he had this this like long training ground uh that you know eventually we see picked up in acts when he goes off on his missionary journeys but the missionary journeys didn't come immediately after 
his uh, salvation, there was that long period where he learned this gospel from Christ himself. So uh, we got the first part of that um, in chapter one, and that story continues in chapter two now. We read, then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. And I went up by revelation and communicated to them that gospel, which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who have reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And this occurred because of false brethren secretly brought in, who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they may bring us into bondage, to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But from those who seemed to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows personal favoritism to no man. For those who seemed to be something added nothing to me. But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me, as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter, for he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. They desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which I was also eager to do. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, If you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, died to the law, that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Hmm. Well, Matt, how would you, what highlights would you pick out from Galatians 2? And it, it feels like three chapters smashed into one. Like there's that <laughs> first part of it that's like, 
which I love, like he kind of starts off and he talks about his early kind of conversion. And I love the fact that Barnabas and Titus were along with him in that part, like that he, he didn't just say, Hey, I'm going to find some random guys at some point, but he had a long standing relationship with these guys that wanted to be missionaries with him. Um, and then it goes into that, that part with Peter, where there's this confrontation with Peter. And, and I also love that because it shows that even the best of the best of the best had their failings. Um, yeah. and there's forgiveness there, there's grace there. Uh, but there's also a need to confront people, even people you respect, even pastors, even, even people, uh, that are, are verging away from the gospel. There's a need to stick to the truth. Um, and then just my last thought was that last verse is one of my favorite verses, altogether which is just the fact that if you do set aside the grace of god what's the point of christ again like if you are trying to do it on your own um jesus wasn't just like a, an option he wasn't just a 99 percent will get part way there and then he'll he'll reach down and grab us no it's it's him or it's nothing like there's no in between and steve yeah where we started in chapter one we ended in chapter two with it's that that back to the gospel in even stronger terms it seemed like exactly yep yep very much so and just again the the frustration of 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 the pastor there who's saying come on guys don't buy into it don't buy into the way what what the world's telling you don't don't let anybody as you said earlier don't let anybody water down the gospel so that it's not about Jesus anymore, that it's about other stuff. Don't let anything be added to the simple grace of the gospel. Hmm. Jesus Christ died for our sins. Jesus Christ rose again. And it's only through faith in his work that we can be saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Thank you both. And I, I really think Paul, in a matter of one verse summarizes the moment you enter into the family of God through faith in Christ. I think he summarizes the past and present of the, of the reality of your walk as a, as a, as a believer. Now, when he says, I have been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live because in second, in the letter, we just finished second Corinthians and there he's, he talks to them about how, for he who know, who knew no sin became sin that we uh, that he might become the righteousness of God or that we might become the righteousness of God in him he says the same thing here in different terms but i think he really describes the journey of the christian life when he says but christ lives in me uh, and i the life which i now live in the flesh i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me That's right that is the new life and that is the new walk all right well guys thank you so much for joining us uh joining uh, myself and the community this evening uh steve would you close our time in prayer though and then i have a few brief announcements before uh i dismiss everyone a holy god we are so thankful for this plan of salvation that you've laid out from before the creation of the world You knew what would happen. You knew who we would be. You knew the sin that would come into our lives. You knew that we would fall because of our weakness and the flesh that we were in. So even then, you made that plan to sacrifice your son so that we could have that relationship with you. And we praise you, God. We lift your name up. 
for the depth of your love and the perfection of your plan. And Lord, we know that because of what you have done, we can have rest. We can have assurance. We can have confidence that when this life ends, we will be in your presence. Not because of anything we've done, not because of anything we've earned, but because of what you, Jesus, did on the cross for us. So we just want to say we love you. We thank you. We celebrate you. We worship you. We give our lives to you. We will follow you, and we will anticipate that day when we will see you face to face, whether through death or through rapture. We know the time is coming when we will see you, and we can't wait to worship you in person at your feet, telling you how much we love you. Lord, thank you for blessing our time tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this gift to us. Thank you for my brothers who joined me here uh, tonight. Thank you for each person who loves your word so much that they took time out from their night just to hear it read because they love you and they love the message you've given to them. Bless our night from here, Lord. Yes. We pray in the name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Steve, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Really appreciate you being here and love your insight. Thank you. You have a good evening. All right. Thanks. And friends, just a reminder that, uh, again, uh, Matt is the pastor of East Valley Bible Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm going to put it up here uh, again one more time for you. You can also find them on Facebook, uh, East Valley Bible Church, and you can visit their website as it's listed here. They are a church for the unchurched. Um, And I didn't tell you this beforehand, but Matt and I go a long way back. We went to Bible college together and we've been friends ever since uh, from the time that I lived in Las Vegas as well before moving out. And so, uh, Matt, thank you so much for being here tonight. Always a blessing to see you. Have a great rest of your evening. Definitely. Thanks for the invite. Thanks, Matt. Well, friends, I don't pastor a church. I definitely don't write books, but I do know people who do. So I've got that going for me, right? Well, uh, and I saw a comment this evening. Laura said, uh, we'd love to see Jason play the guitar. Well, Laura, I promise you, you would not. So I'm going to spare you of that heartache. (laughs) So thanks for being here. Um, And friends, just a reminder, if you don't already, you can follow us on Facebook. Instagram. If you're looking for daily Middle East and uh, current event updates real time, you can follow Amir on his Telegram channel. He has also recently joined Getter if you want to download that app and follow him there as well. And uh, Getter allows for comments. Telegram does not. But again, those are the best ways to get real time updates, especially his Telegram channel. So if you haven't subscribed already, uh, I would encourage you to do so. Um, You can also visit our website at beholdisrael.org. Other than that, thank you so much for joining this evening, being here with us to spend time in the Word. Have a blessed night. Uh, We'll see you next week.